G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Swing No Ding podcast, setting those barrels back to New South Wales since 2019. I'm Nelson Howard, joined once again by Josh Neville and Tyler Benson. How are we doing, fellas? Going great. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Just, and we've, uh, we're recording this on the Tuesday, the day after the Australia-New Zealand first test has finished. Uh, a comprehensive victory for Australia there, but... Really, like, uh, if it, it, it was refreshing, so to speak, to see a good contest between bat and ball as opposed to the Pakistan series we've just seen. Yeah, I was a bit worried Australia would, like, struggle after coming off wind against Pakistan, who aren't great. But it was good to see us beat a high-quality opposition again. Yeah. And, I'm like, I'm, like last week I'm on the podcast, I said that I wouldn't be surprised if New Zealand not only beat us, but beat us by a healthy margin. And, uh, yeah. well, of course, that, of course, that didn't quite happen. But um, it, was, it was nice to see those bowlers like Wagner and Southie hitting the deck and really giving, giving our guys a, a test of it. Mm. I think the one thing that let New Zealand down was in the Pakistan series, for the pink ball test, Pakistan had a warm-up game with the pink ball under lights. New Zealand hadn't. Yep. So I think that would have affected it because you saw Pakistan batted better with the pink ball than New Zealand did. Yeah, that's that is true, and like I think it it also fell into hands, um, fell into Australia's hands of when they were able to get the the new pink ball under the lights as well. I think that played yeah. a really good part for them because honestly, like just watching it, it felt like the two teams were about level with the with the ball. Yeah, but um, I think another big difference during the day with both teams having to rely on their spinners, Nathan Lyon was well and truly the difference between the sides. Mm. Uh, even though like I, I've, I've personally really liked Mitch Santner. I think on his day he's a very complete cricketer, but he mm. just he wasn't quite hitting the hitting the rough or getting troubling the batsman as enough as Nathan Lyon does. Yeah, he certainly didn't bowl as well as he did in the England series. No. So, then heading into Boxing Day, of course, we, we still don't know what pitch we're going to get there, but we suspect it It might go back to being a, a touch flatter, but if we've got anything to go by the Sheffield Shield, it still could offer a bit for guys like Neil Wagner. But um, mm. I, I think the loss of Lockie Ferguson, it really hurts the Kiwis now. Yeah. I, I reckon they'll use it as a chance like, because yep. they need a replacement for him. They'll use it as a chance to bring in another batsman and preferably replace Ravel at the top of the order. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ravel, he's, look, you look at his last last nine test matches, he's only averaging uh, a touch onto seven. It's, yeah. It's, it's coming off a, a, a couple of nice tons last last summer, it's, it's really not what you want out of your top order. They really don't have any other opening options. No. Who do you think would be, like, the next guy to bring in, though? I, I don't know. There's Will Young, who's a really good batsman, but he's not an opener. Mm. They might open with Blundell or something. Don't yeah. know. I I presume what what they were trying to do with Ravel is is test something different from the for, for the future because obviously Bucktill is still around thereabouts, but yeah, want something else because you, I suppose you want to look at that next generation. And if you were going to look at that Test Championship. Who are those guys that are going to win you those games? I don't think Cuptill's in that conversation anymore. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, That's their two obvious weaknesses: spin, uh, a spinner, and an opening batsman. Yeah. Um, so it actually we just got named today. Lockie Ferguson's replacement is unquick. quick. Kyle Jamieson, so but we suspect he won't really be used, and they'll instead um, call him Matt Henry or Trent Bolt if he's healthy. So as you say, Josh, I'm not sure that replacing Ferguson with another quick will actually benefit them at all because yeah, as it stands, Ravel will have to will have to bat the entire series no matter what. Yeah, unless they bring Blundell in, yeah. but I don't know about that. Mm. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, for sure. But um, of course, the one shine, oh, one shining light amongst m- many was Manus Labuschagne, who is really just—he oh. is cementing himself as a genuine top test player in the world. Yeah. And but is it? And he's you see he's just moved up in the rankings to number five in the world. But is it? Is it too early to call him a part of that big four or the big five? Or is he a genuine top five batsman in the world already? Right now, yes. Like, on current form, he's one of the best batsmen in the world I th- at I, the I moment. Would, if we're picking anyone in the world right now, I'm picking Marmus Labuschagne in tests. Yeah. But, like, whether he can back that up over a whole summer or a whole year of cricket, mm. have to wait and see. Yeah, so I, I think it is good for the, um, seeing those guys dig in against the much better pace attacks of Wagner and Southie. Southie, by the way, bowled absolutely terrific. Well, oh, that ball to Wade was oh, absolute was, peach. It was beautiful. Um, and, it's, and it's refreshing seeing those seeing those guys. We, we'll really cause a contest. Like It's what you want to mm. see out of Test cricket. Like That, that spell from Wagner to Smith on, uh, was it day, day one or day two? That that is what Test cricket's all about. And yeah. Although we didn't get him out, it was just there was wasn't many runs flowing. It's good and it's hard and it's Test cricket. Yeah, agreed. That's it, really. What it's it a lot better than the series against Pakistan. Like Pakistan's bowlers just didn't get any swing, any movement. They barely even troubled our batsmen. Yeah. It's good to see um, New Zealand actually making us work for our runs. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose on that, who, in just in a general sense, who do you think is going to be the the main man out of out of both sides that they look to in the in the next two tests? Because we know Australia have lost Josh Hazelwood, who's somehow, by the way, has gone up in the Test match rankings after bowling eight balls this Test, which is which they is, did have an average a bowling average of zero. Yes, which is which is nice. One for none. <laughs> But, um, but, um, see, they've brought in Peter Siddle as his replacement. Do you think it's that they do go for him as a more of a like-for-like replacement to Hazelwood, or do they go for fire and pick Pattinson or Nisa, who's been waiting in the rings? Well, I hope they don't pick Peter Siddle. I think people forget that Hazelwood bowls 140s, high 130s. Mm-hmm. Like, James Pattinson bowls around the same pace. Probably doesn't do as much with the ball, but... Everyone's sort of chaperoned. Yeah, everyone's put Hazelwood in as the slower of the three, which just isn't really that true. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's actually quite more similar to Pat Cummins. Yeah. 
I hope they pick Pattinson, but I wouldn't be disappointed if they pick Nisa. Yeah, I I, I love all, all three the fit, but the uh, of the fast bowlers in the wings. I suppose the thing with Peter Siddle is what we saw in the Ashes, it was it's good having someone just pinning them down end after end, and then you got guys like Nathan Lyon or um or Mitch Stark, Pat Cummins just cleaning up at the end uh, at the other end, and it really. It it makes it hard for guys like um we saw BJ Watling was really trying to dig in there Ross Taylor it makes it it makes it hard for those guys to play their natural game and I think that might be the process behind selecting Peter Siddle again. Yeah. I just think it's a bit unfair to Nisa and Patterson. They get named in the squad and everything like they're the next paces up and then someone gets injured and they bring in another bloke who wasn't in the squad and they play him. Yeah. yeah. So. It's like, what's the point of naming a squad if you're just going to bring someone in who wasn't in the squad and play them? Yeah. So we saw um, Justin Langer discuss the possibility of playing four quicks and a spinner at, at Boxing Day. But um, with Travis Head just coming off a, another, a Test Match 50, do you think it's likely that happens? No. That, no. I don't see that happening. Definitely not. And there was also... Talk of an all-rounder, which, like, Mitch Marsh won't be fit. So, no. what, Stoinis or Enrique's? Mm. Enrique has been excellent form, but I don't think... I think his window's passed. Yeah, he's not much of a bowler anymore. No. And, yeah, do, do you think Michael Nisa, Nisa's um, batting capabilities class him as an all-rounder yet? Or is he still a bowler who can bat well? Yeah, I still see him as a bowler who can bat well. Yeah, his batting isn't that much better than than Pattinson. Yeah, well, I suppose and... that would be the process behind selecting Neza, Pattinson, Stark, Cummins, and Lyon, because like those, all, all those guys can bat well, but especially, yeah. especially um, Neza, Pattinson, and and I guess Cummins, if you will, like that. That suppose that makes up for an extra batsman. I mean, Stark at ten. Really yeah. doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's always nice. But I think they got a key with Travis Head. Yep. If Travis Head was coming off like two single digit scores, I could understand it. But he scored a fifty in the last match, so. Do you think Matthew Wade's spot is in danger? Not yet, but because he did score two Ashes hundreds, scored a fifty early in the series, but he might have to. Pull out with broken arm <laughs> after all the balls he caught from Wagner. Yeah, it's just quite bizarre. It's like it's one of the first times I've ever seen. It's one of the first times I've felt like being glad to see one of our batsmen go out, and it's just frustrating to watch. Yeah. See him take it on the on the body. Um, Tyler, who would you have in your attack? Sorry, Tyler, who would you have in your attack for the Boxing Day? Um, obviously Cummins and Stark. Yes. I'd probably, I'd, I would probably bring in Pattinson. Yep. Um, over Siddle. Yep. Um, and I yeah, su- and I suppose his his record in at the MCG in the recent Shield probably helps his case there. Yeah. And then, and then what, what I would do is yeah, obviously I would have Pattinson at the G and then Neeser at the SCG. 
but let's say Pattinson takes like five in the match, do you still drop him for Nisa at the SCG? Um, I think they might rest Cummins in that case. Just rest him. Yeah. Just because well, it really depends if the series is on the line. Yeah. The, the amount of cricket that Pat Cummins has played though over the last eight months has just been it's it's quite ridiculous. I think I think that might give him a bit of a break. It's an extraordinary turnaround for someone who spent the first three or four years of his international career always injured. Yeah, absolutely. To now be bowling as much as he is. Hmm. And he got named in the Australia ODI squad to play India. It's yes. just non-stop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just, just on that one-day squad, of course, that got named today. A couple of um, surprise omissions. They're only taking 14 men over there, leaving out big names of uh, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, Nathan Lyon. But in particular, I want to talk about Usman Kawaja, who's, who's been... He's been the one-day player over the last two years, and they've just cut him out of the team. Yeah, that's really... I'm not sure about that. Mm. Pete, I, I like Peter Hanscom, and he did score 100 in India, but Usman Khawaja has been just our one of our top ODI batsmen over the last year. Yeah. So and to you... just drop him like they have, I don't like yeah. it. And like they, we look at it, he was Australia's second highest run scorer in one day as last year, just behind Aaron Finch. He averaged 93 in the Marsh Cup, so he was like one of the best players there. They're not dropping him on recent form. And he averaged 49 in one day this year. He's Australia's fourth highest run scorer across all formats this year and the second highest in the last two years. Like, what has he done to get dropped? Yeah, you can't, like, you can't use the excuse that, what, he's 32... So we're looking for someone younger when you're bringing in Peter Siddle, who's like 35 or 36. Yeah. So age obviously isn't it. It just baffles me. I, su- I suppose, though, they could be looking to the next World Cup in 2023 and thinking, well, who out of the guys I've got now are going to be in that around about there? And do you think Usman Khawaja is still in still in that picture? Thirty six years old. Obviously, it's a long way away, but you never know. You won't know unless you give him a chance. Well, that's exactly right. And as as we touched on before, Peter Hanscom, I absolutely love him, and I think he deserves a spot in there because of how well he plays spin and his record last time they toured India. But it's not that Hanscom hasn't been brilliant. It's just been that Kawaja's been more brilliant. And it wasn't like Hanscom was a standout in the Marsh One Day Cup. No. He was good, but Usman Kawaja was better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, a good 180 runs separated them. Like, Usman Kawaja, 398 runs for the series. Peter Hanscom, 216. Hmm. Plus, Usman scored two hundreds. Peter Hanscom only scored the two fifties. So, yeah, I don't know. And then Sean Abbott as well is being has been named in that fourteen man squad. Jai Richardson is available, and they're not picking him. Uh, a fit Jai Richardson is a much better ODI bowler than Sean Abbott, in my opinion. And like, just where. As I was saying before, like 
you think about those guys, who's going to be in your team for the next World Cup? Abbott, I don't Abbott, see Abbott, Sean Abbott being Abbott there. But he's not in that picture, no. Whereas someone like Jai Richardson, is many many say he's, he's the future of fast bowling in Australian cricket. Yeah, I, it's just some interesting seasons. I do like that they picked Minus Labashane. Yep, I think so too. He was one of the players of the tournament in the Marsh Cup. And of course, we've seen how well he's playing at international level now. Yeah. So, um, and it'd be good for him to play some international career overseas. Yeah, definitely. Like I know he played the Ashes in England, but in India, India is also very different. Yeah, the conditions in India are like no other in in world cricket. So I think that will be a good test. Um, Ashton Agar named over Nathan Lyon, which is interesting, given Agar's recent run of form. Yeah, I don't mind that because then again, looking to the next World Cup. Yep. Will Nathan Lyon still be around? <laughs> he looks it's a like sad he, thought. But... I know. He looks like he could play another 20 years. He's just, he's just, yeah. He's, oh, I'd love to see that. He just keeps going, doesn't he? But yeah, he's yeah. 30, 32 years old now. He'll be 30, about 36 but... around the next time World Cup comes along. But you know, that's not you. never know. Yeah. I'd like to see him there. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so fun. But, I mean, the fact that he's sort of not really in the squad at 31, 32. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will he be there when he's 35, 36? I don't know. No. And then, I, I, for me, like, I don't really have a problem with most of these guys being named, except maybe Sean Abbott. But it's the fact that they're only taking four, 14 guys on an overseas tour. Like, surely you could... You could make some more room out of all that. Yeah. Another player who seems to have just been brushed off, Marcus Stoinis. You know, yeah. He took 12 wickets in the Marsh One Day Cup, and we saw how explosive he was with his 100. Hmm. And it's just... It seems a bit harsh to just drop him like that. It is a bit harsh, especially considering he's Australia's reigning One Day Player of the Year. Yeah, and considering he's comp than Peter Hanscom, plus he took 12 wickets in the comp. Yeah, definitely. But I, I guess they're looking for that... No, but no, they're not looking... For, they haven't elected to play an all-rounder. They're electing to play a spinning all-rounder, I guess, in the subcontinent conditions in Ashton Agar. Do you, you think Agar, yeah. Agar can fill that role? Oh, I've no doubt he can. He's done it in T20 cricket, but Stoinis does have the experience in India since he's played IPL. Yeah. Ashton Agar hasn't. Yeah. But I don't know if Agar will even play, really, because you've got Zampa there. Yeah. Who is our main limited over spinner. And you'd have Stark, Cummins, Kane Richardson, maybe Hazelwood. Yeah, well, Hazel, Hazelwood hasn't been named, so I guess... Oh, they're, they're, I thought he was. I guess they're trying to give him some more time to recover. He'll make, he'll make his return via the BBL, which is which is a scary thought for the rest of the competition. Mm. But he has not played a, a lot of white ball cricket in some time, no. Josh Hazelwood. Yeah, he sort of has dropped out of the selections for ODI, T20 International Cricket. I mean, most of that has been out of his control. 
happen with all his injuries. Yeah. But um, it is quite unfortunate. But Kane Richardson, he's bowling pretty well. He's he not a bad pick. I like him. Yep. You see, see they're sticking with the um the T20 team that they had earlier this summer. Yeah, yeah I think which... they're trying to keep the T20 and ODIs fairly similar. So, Show respect. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that mostly explains the selection of Sean Abbott. Because you've got two T20 World Cups and then the ODI World Cup. Mm. It wouldn't hurt having like the same group of guys in there playing yeah, in all three. Yeah, for sure. And they get a especially with the with the bowlers, they get more of an idea of what they're gonna be what they're gonna be looking at because the other countries' teams are gonna be also very similar we've seen. Mm. Oh sorry, Josh Hazelwood was named in the one day squad, my mistake. He I think he is re- returning to BBL sixth of January <laughs> thereabouts. Yeah. Which is interesting. Who knows? Yeah, but I, Hazelwood and Smith, good signings for the Sixers, but I feel like they're only going to play a couple games. That could be two spots in their squad yeah. wasted, essentially. Although I, I do like the form guide of the Sixers going into the, into the tournament. Like you got Sean Abbott, obviously, has looked spectacular. Um, and Moises Enriques, the, the captain. I mean, Mr. Well, consistent. Exactly. Can't. Can't ask for anything more there. James Vince is in the team. Josh Philippi, I think, like, see many of those have predicted he'll be getting the golden bat for the Big Bash, which is quite a, quite an ask for a, such a young player. But opening the bat up there, I think it's quite possible. Yeah. He's very, very talented. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll see him in Australian culture soon later. Yeah. It's... I, I I could see him getting picked as a specialist batsman, while while mm. Alex Carey is still still thereabouts. He just needs to. He hasn't had any like big innings. He's gotten to thirty off like twenty and gotten out. He hasn't gone on and made a big yeah. eighty hundred score. Yeah, like he hasn't. That's had the one that, thing where he needs to improve. Yeah, he hasn't had that like I've arrived moment. Like we've seen guys. Yeah, Cameron Green has made. Hasn't paid a couple of tons in first class. He's he's single handedly won the game off his bat. But mm. people know he's here now. Josh Phillips, yes. he's he's made some good scores, but he hasn't had that spectacular moment. Yeah, he hasn't really pressed his case to so to say. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, well we look like someone going back a bit, Travis Head, of course, that massive ton on New Year's Eve. But he was relatively unknown before that, and now look at him. Well, for a while he was a three formats player, cement, cemented in the one day squad after that. Yeah, that was, oh, that was great innings. That one, yeah, New Year's yeah. Eve. That's an that's an all time favorite of mine. So so sixes I think could could be a a bit of a sleeper pick during this this big bash. I reckon, yeah, they, I... I reckon they might creep up on a few teams. I, I really like the way they've rounded out their bowling. Looking at all the teams, you've obviously got the two star-packed teams, Heat and Stars, but there's no bad team. Mm. Like, Scorchers are predicted to come last, and they have a pretty good squad. Yeah. like Guys like Liam Livingston, Mitch Marsh, Ashton Turner, Ashton Agar, Joe Richardson, Joe Richardson Chris Jordan. Like, 
they're they're still very well rounded. Plus, a breakout star of the season, Cameron Green. Of course, he he won't be bowling, which is a bit of a shame. But I, I, I'm interested to see how he, how he goes at the bat, of course. But it's going to be a high quality tournament. Yeah, I, doubt. I think so too. But even though the Heat, the most hyped up team, I I still don't think that they're the clear front runners. Like. There's a bit mm. of that. There's about a bit of that middle order gap that they don't can't quite fill, or the the third or fourth change bowler that they can't quite dry up some runs. Whereas a lot of teams do have that. Like teams like the Thunder, very very well rounded in that regard. Yeah. One thing everyone's going on about how explosive the Heat bat is. One thing they've done really well this off season is they've fixed their bowling lineup. Yep. Bringing think- in Ben Lachlan. That's huge for them, really. Definitely. And it means that we were talking about this the other day. It means someone like Ben Cutting doesn't doesn't have to bowl his complete four and they can instead turn to a, a part-timer to fill in a couple while he only bowls a few. And Ben mm. Lachlan really locks it up as he's been known to do at the other end. Yeah. And Zahir Khan, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I still feel like Mujib's probably better. But that's the scary thing. They've got Banton and Zahir, and already they have a dominant lineup. And it's only going to get better after Christmas yeah. when you bring in A, B, and Majib. Yeah, that is quite incredible. I, I think that. Yeah, I actually rate the Heat's bowling lineup more than I do their their batting. I think. Yeah. I think fr- front up, the the Heat are probably one of the best in the comp. It's just like. That fourth or fifth bowling option might cost them a few runs, but I think that they should be all right with guys like Josh Lather and Ben Lachlan really, yeah. really lock it up. And I can see them backing themselves to chase whatever total is set. Well, for sure. Yeah. A bit like England in the World Cup. Like, yeah. We'll bowl first, score as many as you want, but we're going to chase it down. Yeah, definitely. I think... and. Oh, yeah, good going. Oh, and the other star sort of team, the Stars, Dale Stain, that's huge. Sandeep. Yeah, Sandeep Levachani, here, here for the whole tournament, which is, well, I think it's great for cricket, not just for the Stars. Like, we saw last yeah. season, it had all the, the Neville fans down, and uh, had all the MCG just yelling out the name of this young, this young teenager from Nepal. And they're all yelling out your name at the biggest stadium in the world. Like, how how special is that? It's a great yeah, moment for cricket. He really has the opportunity to bring cricket, like, bring it into popularity in Nepal. Yeah. Because, well, think... like, a young kid in Nepal, they're, they're not, like, great at many other sports. But if they see someone like Sandy playing all across the world, doing well, it's going to be inspiring. Yeah, and I think we can already see that positive effect um, with most of the fans. Like the way the way they were celebrating at the Big Bash last year, it really reminded me of a lot a lot of the Indians, like of how passionate yeah. and how starstruck they were. It, it's really mm. it's nice to see. But yeah, he's got a big future in cricket, Sandy. Definitely, so so much to come, and I I think. I think the biggest home ground advantage this this BBL will be the stars at the MCG 
because mm-hmm. the MCG, of course, being such a massive ground and so and it's historically been rather difficult to get scores above 150. You got you got guys like Nathan Coulter, it's been incredible bowler in the Big Bash last few years. Adam Zamba, national bowler. Sandeep, we've talked about. Dale Stain is Dale Stain, and Dan Wall has has really shown his stuff in in his, in the domestic game as well. I I can see the stars locking up any team for under one twenty. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's like on that MCG pitch. And then their batting as well. You've got Maxi, Stoinis, Hanscom, Dunk. Yeah. Hilton Cartwright. It's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it means that it doesn't put as much pressure on those explosive guys like Stoinis or Maxwell. Yeah. As we've seen. Mm. And then have, having those guys here for the entire tournament now, which we didn't expect, is a massive win for them. Yeah. Um, going going across town, we've got, we've got the Renegades. Finch and Sean Marsh probably at the top of the order. Would you think, or, yeah. would, or would they open with Marcus Harris instead? I I can, I don't know. I reckon it would likely be Finch, Harris, Harper, Marsh. Yeah, yeah. That's something I can see happening because they they do like Harper at the top of the order. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about... Yeah, they've got really five openers. Finch, Marsh, Harris, Harper, and Tom Cooper. Even Dan Boyce, we think, has opened the batting yeah. a couple of times. So they're yeah, very, they're, very versatile. Their top five seems pretty handy. Yeah. yeah. And I think they can adjust to any, any sort of game. Speaking yeah. of Marcus Harris, he looks like an absolute must-buy for a super coach. Sixty-two point five k, and he's probably going to be playing the season. Yeah. Oh, massive cash cow on the bench. Oh, he can oh, off of the first few rounds. I'm going to stick him on there, trade him up at the end. Be a massive. Their their bowling also is pretty strong. You have Dan Christian, who's just he's Dan Christian. Yeah. He's tireless. That's, yeah, and then. Cam Boyce, their spinner, who was very good last year. Yep. yep. And then Harry Gurney. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see how he does. I, I. I really like the way Harry Gurney goes about it. He just he sends him down time after time, and he just he just keeps it nice. Like seven point five eight economy thereabouts. Throwing a couple of wickets. Like he. The one he, thing that. Oh, he, continue. He he. For mine was what almost made the difference going into the finals for the Renegades. It, it just gave him that little bit extra. The one thing I can see happening with Harry Gurney is he is reliant on a, his variations. Like yep. one game, a team might pick his variations and he could go for 40 plus. Yeah. That's the only worry. And then their other overseas bowler, Richard Gleason. Yeah, haven't seen much of him. I would have preferred if they signed his Lancashire teammate, Saqib Mahmood. Oh, yes. Very nice. But, yeah, I don't know about that. that could, he could surprise everyone. Mm. Or he could just, I don't know, let them down. Yeah, well, they've only got 
They've only got the one special spinner in Cam Boys, so they're going to be relying on guys like Richard Gleason, Harry Gurney, and the young Will Sutherland, who was expensive yeah. in the practice match just gone, but that was a batting pitch at Junction Oval. Mm. I think so. They'll be relying a lot on those guys. They've got a, a lot of um, just there about medium paces. And, but a and, very handy um, thing for them is Mahal Nabi coming for the second half yeah, of the season. Sure. For sure, I think that's that's incredibly vital for them in in that it gives them more versatility. One thing I do like with BBL teams is having their two overseas players available season. Because if you've got someone who's available for five rounds, he could have two games where he doesn't quite get going and he's still warming into it, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's got three games left. Yeah. Well, we. Um, we've seen that with the Stars, who have basically thought, well, Dale Stane is going to play out most of the tournament. He's going to swap to Pat Brown, which is an interesting call. But he's also been selected for, for the one-dayers early next year, so that's kind of left them in a bit of a hole, which means they're going to be having multiple overseas guys chopping and changing thereabouts. doesn't quite give mm. them a nice flow. Yeah, I do rate Pat Brown. He's a very good death bowler. Yeah, which is something the stars have been looking for for some time. My uh, my dark horse for the BBL this season be have to be the Strikers. Yep. I think they've done really good bringing Phil Salt, handy opener. Yep. Um, having Rashid Khan the whole season that's that's big. And you're going to have and, Nisa and Siddle there for the main the main parts of the tournament still. Mm. Of course, like Alex Carey, as good as he's been, he might get bumped down to four or five. Yeah, which is pretty handy to have. Yeah, well, we know we know what he's like. He can do whatever he feels like. Um, Cameron White, I think, will bat at three with Phil Swap, Salt, and Jake Weatherald opening. Yep. Mm. And then followed by X Carey. Matt Shaw, I think, is a really good one. He's, he's a very nice player to have thereabouts. So I, I really rate his offies and just to, just yeah. to get, get through some at the other end. Especially and with no test matches for a while after the New Zealand series, Travis Head will be available. Yeah, he will. So oh. they could have Weatherald, Salt, Head, Carey, White, and then John O'Wells or Matt yeah. Shaw. Yeah. The, the, yeah, but, the versatility in that team is it's, it's very well-rounded. I, I really like the Strikers team now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, But the only thing I see them lacking in is pace bowlers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've got Nisa and Siddle, but Nisa could be playing a couple tests at the start, yeah. and they've lost Ben Lachlan. Mm. I think, I think I th- we th- might see at the start Daniel Solway actually get a crack. Yeah, that'd be a good shout. Which um, I mean, he, he's he's had a he's had a nice um start to his first class career, and then yeah, we, we'll probably have him backed up with um Wes Agar, who's also coming off a really nice Sheffield Shield start. Yeah, and then yeah, Wes Agar's been bombing really well. Yeah, so I think that that does kind of give him it feels a bit of a hole. Not, Sorry, not and so I said Daniel Solway instead of Harry Conway. That was a 
<laughs> you, you guys know who I meant. Um, yeah. So he'll, he'll be there, thereabouts. And then, of course, Billy Stanley coming in at the other end. I, I think that should fill the hole for them. But um, I I just don't want them to be... Like, I can see them becoming very reliant on Rashid to pick up wickets. Yeah. yeah. Restrict it. And if he, you know, gets hit around, I... I can't, yeah. But that's the only problem I have with their team. Mm. Yeah. I, I, like, you still have that match short that you can turn to, but after mm. that, there's not really much. Although, I I do back Michael Nisa to really try it up, as he usually does. Mm. He's been very good for the strikers. Mm. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go... We'll go a, Right across the country to Hobart now. Of course, they're still going to have Darcy Shaw at the top of the order, which is massive for them. We've got young Caleb Jewell will probably open with him, or they might mm. they might swap him around with Ben McDermott. And then you've got David Miller will probably be being at three or four. What do you, th- what do you think about him being, coming into the team? Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big signing. Mm. Obviously, they've lost Jofra, which hurts a fair bit. But David Mills' handy replacement. And it'll be good to see Case Ahmad play yeah. the whole season, I believe. Yeah, that's who I was coming into now. I, I really rate how, how Case goes about his stuff. Um, I thought last year, like, the big scalps he claimed were extremely valuable for them. And having him across the entire tournament, I think, it might creep up on some people. Yeah, he seems to have gone under the radar because Afghanistan of Mujib, yeah. Rashid, Zahir. People sleeping on them. <laughs> but then the sec- the second unit doesn't, I'm not sure about you because they're going to have to rely on guys like Nathan Ellis. Yeah. And you can see Milanko having to bowl all overs. Yeah. And then Dar- Darcy Short, even though I like his bowling, will probably. He's not, not really a guy you want to be relying on every single game. No. Yeah. Of course, Riley, Riley Meredith is still going to be around the team. Mm-hmm. Scott Boland's a pretty good yeah, signing yeah. for them. Yeah, for sure. So that gives them at least some depth there, but I think that's probably what's going to separate them is it's that second unit in fast bowlers. It is going to be interesting what they do with their batting lineup because Wade will probably be back for like the second half of the season. Yeah, and then you'll have David Miller as well. So it'd be interesting if like Jewel gets dropped, and they've also got George Bailey. Yeah, George Bailey's still there. I I think they might stick with Caleb Jewel instead of George Bailey for the latter half, but it's really up to them. Um, mm. it, de- it depends on the form guides, of course. But one of the keys for them is going to be um James Faulkner at the start yeah. of the innings bowling. Yeah, for he sure. He was really good last BBL. Yeah, well, it's good to see him back to relatively good health. <laughs> um, yeah. Finally. Uh, and do you, do you think he's someone who could try and knock his way back into that Australian team again? Oh, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but... <laughs> It's... I think you've just got too many other pace bowls. Yeah, yeah. But as now that Stornis is out, I suppose there's a bit of an op- there's there's an opening for that all rounder. 
Yeah, but James Faulkner, though, is going to be batting probably there about seven. Whereas you look at the teams like he's been at the past, Melbourne Stars, he was batting at four. So the, the Hurricanes do bat pretty deep. But they, mm. they, they're just not quite there for me. Not quite there. Yeah, not as um dangerous as they were last year when you had Short Wade on fire. You had Joffre Archer as well. Yeah. So where do you think that they place if you're going to put them on the ladder? Um, it's really hard. I don't see them making the finals, but I don't see them coming last. Yeah. Because it's top five this year. So only three teams don't make finals. And those yeah. teams, in my opinion, probably going to be Hurricane, maybe the Thunder, maybe the Renegades. That's I'm not too sold on that. Yeah. I... So you cut out there, mate. I'm definitely sold on the Renegades being in the top four. They've got the line for it. Ah, yes, yeah, definitely are. Sir Shardul has joined joined the chat. Excellent to see, mate. Hey, Shad. Hello, uh, everyone. So, um, yeah, going back there. So, so we think Heat and would would we say Thunder? Yeah. In the top four? Mm, yep. Yep. And then I would have probably the strikers. You'd have strikers? Yep. And then. I'd have, I'd, yeah, I'd probably have Heat, heat Stars. Um, I see the Scorchers making it and the Strikers. And oh, it's really hard to separate teams this year. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good teams this year. Going to be a close one this year, I reckon. Yeah, so for me, I'd have Heat, a Thunder, Stars, and then Sixers. Just, just as a bit of an underdog. I, I think if everything clicks for them, I really rate their chances. Yeah, um, same. We we haven't really looked at we haven't looked at the Thunder yet though. So we got they got Usman Kawaja and Alex Hales at the top of the order, followed by Callum Ferguson. That is a really nice top three. They've got a really good fast bowler, Chris Tremaine. Yeah, of course. I think where they really drop off is middle order. Like they're probably gonna have players like Alex Ross, Jason yeah. Sanger in there who aren't quite. No, they're, they're not there quite, yet. They're not yeah. guys you want in your best eleven team if you're making the finals. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's that's absolutely. It seems like they could be a bit too reliant on either like Daniel Sams, Chris Ross at the back end, or. Hales and Quadra at the top. Yeah. I I think what makes the Thunder so dangerous is Usman Kawaja's top order. order. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the top order. And how dominant Kawaja has historically been in the BBL. And Especially he, the form of Callum Ferguson as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So if you have those guys locking it down and then the streaky Alex Hales, who once he gets going is one of the best pipe ball players in the world, uh, that's what I think could win them. Like it could win them a lot of games. Yeah. And Chris Green, who, in my opinion, is probably the third best Oz limited over spinner. Yep. Oh, he's going to be huge for them. Don't forget Fowler Ahmed. They've got a good leg spinner as well. That's he's playing cool. for the Scorchers. Oh, Fowler's moved over. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Um, anyway. They do have John O'Cook as their leg spinner, who was pretty good last season. Yeah. I think, I think. Oh, Cook, I as well. 
I think Cook will have the measure on Arjun there yeah. for the start yeah. of the season. But um, we'll, we'll see what transpires there. Because looking at their lineup, if you have Arjun there, he's going to be batting 9 or 10. Yeah. yeah. And considering he is an all-rounder, Not his bowling it. probably isn't up to just being picked as a bowler. Yeah. yeah. Who'll be back in tonight, boys? Heat. Heat. All the way. Yeah. Uh, I think the Heat will as well. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm just excited to see the Big Bash back. It's going to be such a tightly fought contest um, yeah. this mm. season. As we, as we said earlier, the, the teams are just so well-rounded this season, except for a couple gaps in each team, is probably all that's making the difference. Um, yeah. I, I think Australian T20 cricket's in a really good place. Yeah. Mm. Who do we think the weakest team is, even after all of them being all-rounded? <sighs> I, I, I don't think there's a clear, a clear worst team. I really just don't think there is. Every, every team can make the finals. Every team. Can. Yeah. Yeah, they've got they've got their solid players as well. Every team. Mm. Like like people, yeah. You say it's common um, opinion that the Scorchers will finish last, but they've got plenty they have of a very good team. Yeah, exactly. They've got plenty of firepower in there, and it just shows how good they were previously. Since they've lost Cartwright, Coulton, Sean Marsh, and yet they still have a Matt- very strong team. Yeah, they've lost Maxi Klinger now as well. Oh mm. yeah, of course. But um, yeah, Josh Inglis, I think at the top of the order with Cameron Bancroft might cause him a few troubles, but then you've got Liam Livingston, Mitch Marsh, Ashton Turner, Cam Green, Ashton Agar following them. Oh, like, that is... Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that, that, I think that should cover most of their issues. Yeah. Um, one of the... One of the bowls of them I really like is Matt Kelly. Yeah. He's been in great form as well. <laughs> Yeah, and he's well regarded around the world since he did get brought into the IPL last season as well. Yeah. yeah. And Curtis Patterson, he's a handy signing. Yeah, I don't think he'll be in the best eleven at the start, but I think he is. He's he's a nice he's person. Very to have in your good wings. depth. Jason yeah. Berendorf, is he still playing for the Scorchers? He'll be, he's injured this season. He's injured. Yeah. Okay, that's the tough. Yeah. He'll be out for I think all of this season, which. Which is not really what the Renegades—I mean, not the Renegades—the Scorchers want. I think that's exactly what they could do with is another frontline quick. They, I mean, they'd have got Jai Richardson, Chris Jordan, Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly, but I think having um, Merendorf there, like we've seen how effective he has been. Mm. I think the Renegades are missing a frontline quick. Yeah, I think they're. The Renegades are well-rounded with their quicks, but they don't have a, a go-to guy. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they do in Kane Richardson. Kane Richardson, I suppose. Apart from Kane Richardson. But last year, they had the power of Kane Richardson, Chris Tremaine, Jack Wildermuth. Mm. Yeah, so I think, I well, think they have lost a fair bit with Shinwari not being available. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon that hurts. His contributions were extremely valuable in the first half of the season. And they lost Cameron White, but Sean Marsh has come in, so he's made up for that. Yeah, I think that's quite a nice signing, and the, the versatility of that top order really it, it it gives them a lot of variance in going against any side. 
they can yeah. chop chop and choose sort of, so to speak mm. and form it as well while keeping that same team yeah so but so okay. say in the last five overs right or the last four overs and you you, you def, you've got say let's say 30 or 40 runs to defend who who's your death bowler is it going to be Kane Richardson and Harry Gurney or is it going to be Kane Richardson Richard Gleeson Oh, I'm going to go Harry Gurney and Dan Christian. And Dan Christian. Yeah. But Dan yeah, Christian, I, Dan Christian with, his, with his experience and just game smarts. Mm. Like Richardson, he takes a lot of wickets, but he can go for runs. Yep. I would feel a lot more comfortable if Dan Christian was bowling at the depth. Someone with all that experience, he knows what he's been in this situation. Yep. He's a very disciplined bowler. Mm. I'm so, not comfortable with Richard Gleeson. I've I've honestly never heard the name. <laughs> that, that, that's great, Shags. <laughs> As a Renegades fan, it just doesn't sound right. Yep. <laughs> so and then you you got Will Sutherland is still still in that team. I'm not yeah. sure how valuable he is going to be, even though I really like where he's going. I, I think it'll be a toss up between him and Wildermuth. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, and Wildermuth had a good game um, in the practice match against the Stars yesterday. Made some really nice runs, took a couple mm. wickets. So I think, and, yeah, I reckon Wildermuth gets first shot. Yeah, but so do I. I wouldn't be surprised if if he underperforms, Southern comes in, because they're yeah. both very similar. Out of the youngsters, who do we think? Jake Fraser McGurk or Mackenzie Harvey? Uh, oh, I'm going Mackenzie with... Harvey. But think, both of them missed the second half with yeah, the under nineteen World Cup. They, they both missed, I think, more than the second half with, with the um World Cup. So, so that, that could hurt. But then Mohamed Nabi does come in for Richard Glees, so Yes. I I think their top order will be fine without those guys. But they they are nice depth players to have, but I don't think mm. they're completely necessary for the Gades. The only guy I could I I could see dropping out is Tom Cooper. But like he, he's that experienced guy, you can't really. Yeah, he's been. He was very consistent yeah. last season. He's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next on the agenda, we'll we'll go to some Queensland Premier cricket, shall we? Oh yeah. yeah. So over the weekend, leading into the Heat games, a bunch of the Heat players went down, played Queensland Premier cricket. There were three T Twenty games. Um, some players like Chris Lynn, who scored 76 off 33 and 44 off 17. Jeez. Matt Renshaw, 139 off 60. And Bryce Street, who's been very defensive in Sheffield Shield cricket, got 99 off 62 and 46 off 35. One thing I did really like was seeing Papua New Guinea and fast bowler Norman Vanua playing. He got one for 25, two for 38, and two for 26. Ooh. Someone who's a bit disappointing, Max Bryant, 24 off 16, 21 off 9, and 1. Did then, you yeah. That last one? Oh, Max Bryant, 24 off 16, 21 off 9, and 1 off. Yeah. Bit disappointing. Then you had Ben Cutting, who played one game. Scored four off three, but did take three for 16 off four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Hazlitt, 68 off 30 and 38 off 26. 
Jack Presswich coming back from injury, 72 off 36, 44 off 20. Didn't bowl, though. And then Tom Banton, English international, 121 off 41. That, that is incredible. That is just simply ridiculous form for the Heat. <laughs> those those guys coming through. Leg spinner, Mitch Swetson, one for 14 off four and two for 20 off four. Yep. Ben Lachlan, one for 15 off 3.2. And then Australia under 19, quick bowler, Matt Willens, four for 23 off four. And then lastly, Mark Steckity, three for 13 off. So a lot of players heading into the Big Bash with some runs or wickets under the belt. Yeah, well, it, it makes an interesting um, makes it interesting for the Heat's best 11 going into the first few rounds because with um, those guys make, making so many runs, like Prestridge and all that, mm. do you think it chop, chops and changes the top order or, or, even, or even the bottom? I could see Prestwich playing ahead of Matt Renshaw mm-hmm. simply because Prestwich can give you two, three overs. You can share them with Ben Cutting and he can finish the innings off with, as he scored 72 off and 44 both. 200-plus yeah. strike rate. Yeah, I, I would personally be choosing him ahead of Renshaw, especially just so you don't have to be relying on guys like Ben Cutting every innings. Mm. And, but and, I, he, was, he wasn't picked for this game against the Thunder tonight. Mm. So. so I presume that the top five will be Banton, Max Bryant, Chris Lynn, Sam Hazlitt, Jimmy Pearson? Or do we put him Matt Renshaw? I, I'm expecting them to go Banton, Bryant, Lynn, Renshaw, Hazlitt, Cudding, then Pearson. Yeah, that's okay. what I see the top seven looking like, and I feel like they'll open with Renshaw, get at least one over out of him, maybe two if he does well. So that way, Cuddy isn't bowling his full four because that players can get a hold of Cuddy. Yeah, he's got a career economy of close to nine in T Twenty cricket. And then the bowlers, I see them going Josh Layla ahead of Steckity because Layla def- was def- our leading wicket taker last season, and then you have Zahir Khan. Mitch Swepson and Ben Lockwood. Yeah, that's what I think the team should be. So, so you would play four four genuine bowlers with with, yep. and then rotate between Cutting and Renshaw. Yeah. So, when you've got guys like Pattinson coming back from the tests, do you take out a big name of Josh Layla, or do you take out an all rounder? It's hard because if you take out Matt Renshaw and put Pattinson in, Pattinson has to be batting at seven. Yeah. Like, he's a good batsman, but I just I don't know about that. I like having Pearson at seven because he can hit or he can work the ball around. Yeah, yeah. But it really depends because Pattinson will be coming back midway through the season. So Layla could have had a shocking season. And then Pattinson for Layla's the obvious selection it it's hard to tell yeah yeah for me i would be having full strength i'd be having um uh, after the top three hazlitt pearson cutting pattinson layla swepson khan Loglin. just for me because obviously we know how good pattinson is and josh layla i think is it'd be extremely stiff to leave him out considering mm. his 
dominance last season and and how focused he's is appeared to be um going into his white ball cricket this year. Yeah, he's very underrated, Josh Layla. Yeah. I, I really like the way he goes about it. And I think he's one of the more And the fact that he's now solely focused on T twenty probably yeah. giving the edge over someone like Steckney or Gannon. Yeah. yeah. I could even see Layla coming ahead of Loglan in if if it comes down to that. Yeah, I, I don't see them dropping Lachlan because if they want to win it, Lachlan in finals is pretty handy with that experience. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he's still he's still up to it to go in for another one se- another season or another couple seasons? I think he's still I, got it in there to to lock up the batsman from one end. I think so. Yeah, thirty-seven years old. So he's, he's not yeah, on, but you know he's coming towards the end of his career, but. You know, the fact that he isn't playing any other cricket, focusing on white ball cricket, that's very yeah, handy. For sure, you know, leading one, leading um, wicket taker in T Twenty um, Big Bashes for. Let me start that again. Leading wicket taker <laughs> in Big Bash history, so he's obviously a nice guy to have around your team, and he's of course yeah. he's made his made his name for his incredibly low run rate at the strikers. Mm. <clears throat> And I think when you've got guys like Pattinson and Zahir Khan at the other end, that, that probably complements them quite well. Yeah. Having Lachlan just in the squad in general would help players like Steckity, Prestwich, those young pace bowlers coming through. So even yeah. that in itself is very handy. Same with A.B. De Villiers being in the team. Yeah. So I really like the Heat squad this year. Yeah. Yeah. I and like that. Avery the... Davili is going to fit in. Oh, he can fit into any T Twenty team in the world. Yeah, he's just that good. But who's he... going to miss? Well, Tom Banton is. Ooh, yeah, player. yeah. Banton plays the first eight games. Davili's plays the next five plus finals. So uh, I don't, I don't know if Davili's will open. I reckon when Davili's comes in, cutting will open with Bryant, and then you'll have. Cutting Bryant, De Villiers, Lynn, um, Renshaw, Hazlitt, Pearson. Yep, I agree. That's what I see happening. All right, okay. Yeah, a lot agree. can that, happen in that, that makes the most sense weeks. for the way they play. And, yeah. And um, how they go against the other teams. Like we saw, I think it was last time, Cutting and Bryant opened together. They chased down 150 in 10 overs. Yeah. But then again, they could also be two for three after one over. Yep. So um we've we've looked right over all the the big bash teams now, and we, we've we've said we've given a, a few clear front runners, but at the end of the day, who is going to win? Final predictions. My Melbourne. prediction is a heat versus strikes final, all blue, just like the WBBL, and just like the WBBL, the Heat will win. Yep. If I'm going to be completely honest, this season I think it's going to be Heat versus Scorchers in the final. Yep. Scorches. Mm. Tyler? Um, I reckon Heat and Renegades this season, actually. Yeah. And uh, Heat to take it home. And lastly, Nelson? I have the Heat and the Sixers in the final. Ooh. I think the Sixers will really click at the end of the tournament. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, assuming that, assuming that they can even make the finals. But with those guys like Steve Smith and Josh Hazelwood, it'll, it'll be completely there. And... The, the, the ever-reliable Moises Enriques 
Tom Curran is a beautiful player to have in your team. And um, even Ben Dwarshers, I think, flies under the radar a bit. Yeah. I, I, I really like the way the Sixers are headed this season. So one thing... That's for, that's for sure. One thing I think about the Sixers is that um, Kerr and I think someone else have to be in their 13-man squad because yep. they're replacements for Smith and Hazelwood. Yep. So I think that's one thing. I think... I'm not too sure. Yeah, um, yeah they're... they're... It, there's something like that. The middle order, um, I think, will probably stay the same, so they won't really have to chop and change it before those guys come in. But yeah, there is, there is, it does fall off a little bit. But when you've got guys like Daniel Hughes, Josh Phillippe, James Vince, Moses and Riggs, that I, for me, that does enough. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was talking about is. Kerr and Menenti both have to be named in the 13, I think, because they're replacements for yep. Smith and Lyon or Smith and Aswood. Yeah, so that yeah, that, that is a bit of a bugger for them. Um, just, but, oh, they're going to be I, a I scary team. I don't think Smith they'll have to be Yeah, yeah. No. So um, I wouldn't... I honestly would not be surprised if the Sixers upset the Heat in the final. I, I still have the Heat winning, but this is... Purely speculation before we've actually looked at any of the teams. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's going to be the best season of Big Bash. I'm... Yeah, I think so too. Really the teams is just... They're all so good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, it's brilliant for um, white ball cricket in Australia. So mm. kind of coming up to the World Cup next year. Yeah. It's something that... Well, obviously, Australia's never won one and historically been rather weak at well, who are some players you think that need to perform to like to prove themselves, like someone like Stoinis or players like that? Um, ones with like a chip on their shoulder going into Big Bash. Hmm. I think yeah, I I do think Marcus Stoinis is. I think another mm. one is Usman Kawaja because I think mm. this is his real last shot to make it to make it into a real big trophy winning team. And I purely believe that he has been one of the best white ball cricketers Australia has seen in the last five or so years. He just he can't quite make it stick. So I think he'll really have something something to go in by, and he'll have a real goal to set for the next couple of BBLs. I'd love to see Usman Kawhi to go out there and bat and be determined and just score run every yeah. single game. So would I. Um, other than that, uh, I think it's, even though Richardson's already in the T20 team, I think, but both Jai and Kane both have, um, that little spot to, to fight for, for that sort of fourth or fifth bowler option, which Australia hasn't really had for a bit now. Yeah, I think Kane is proven himself, but he still needs to win over the public. I still don't think the Australian public sold on Kane Richardson yet. Yep. Because he performed against Sri Lanka and Pakistan, but so did most of our players. Yeah. And if he can have a good big bash, leading wicket taker or something, that cements his spot. Yep. And then another one, 
would probably be for mine, Sean Marsh. Mm. Given how good he has been in white ball cricket lately, um, oh, over the last couple of years, and as we've as we've said, uh, the the Australian public isn't really at ease with him. I think he'll really yeah. have, he'll really have a point to prove this tournament. Um, Which... along, along with Mitch, along with Mitch, I think they both have the potential to make it into that team. Which youngsters do we think have to prove themselves? Oh, Josh Philippi. Yep. Yeah, everyone's yeah. been hyping him up. He needs to prove yeah. it, really. And then, and if he yeah. gets a chance, Jason Sanger, you know, tip, mm. tip to be the next Australian captain. Hasn't like, played he, for New South Wales a lot this season. Uh, yeah. Like, Any he's... bowlers? Bowlers. Um, Chris I Green, I reckon. Yeah. People are saying he's a good shout for the T Twenty World Cup. Yeah, I I I don't ever feel like there'd be so much pressure on Chris Green because he, he just mm. he does the same thing every single night. Just, yeah, it, it's probably the keeps most reliable around team. six to seven economy, takes one or two wickets. Yeah, he's probably the most reliable player in the entire competition. So I don't I don't think there's as much. Of a chip on his shoulder, so to speak, but more just eyes are on him. <laughs> now, I know no one's going to be thinking this, but if Cameron Boyce ends up being leading wicket taker, do you think he has a chance to end up in the Australian squad? No. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, short I th- answer. I think he could be in the squad, but he won't get a game over Adam Zampa. No. And you have Ashton Agar, so do you yeah. want to have three World Squad members all spinners. No, in in yeah, in the Australian flat track conditions, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe in the T Twenty World Cup in India, that could be a possibility, but not in Australian conditions. No, and but by, by then, I think boys will have gotten on a bit too much. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; he's still a very good bowler. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think his international career is coming towards its end. I think I think it has ended. Like, given that, well, in my mind, Ashton Agar was probably the the player of the series in the T20s earlier this summer, and then Adam Zampu has has been Australia's first choice spinner for some time now. Um, I I, I can't see a world where they get um coupled, especially like the age certainly isn't stopping them unless they unless they get injured, which then I would probably go with Chris Green. Given his yeah. consistency, what are your um thoughts on the timeout and the new caps that the leading run scorer and wicket taker is going to be wearing? Um, I I I can kind of get where they're coming from with the the leading run scorer and leading wicket taker. Yeah, they're just coming from the it, IPL. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's just it's a bit cringy for me. I just think that's them trying to spread the BBL worldwide. They know they've got Australian fans introducing things from the IPL. Some Indians will take notice and be more interested. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, they are trying to branch out over there, which has been increasingly difficult with no Indians actually being allowed to play. So yeah, that's, I, I, I completely disagree with that. However, how no Indians are allowed to play. Yeah, well, that's 
that's the beast CCI. That's that's a topic for another time. I could go on for hours about how corrupt <laughs> they are, but just know that they're a bit not not quite right. But I think it does make it a little bit easier for for those coming into the game, watching a, another T Twenty tournament. Most most will know and have followed the IPL, so it just makes them a little a little bit clearer and easy to see. Um, but yeah, the timeout. It's yeah. like they say, oh, no DRS in T Twenty cricket it takes up too much time. But let's chuck in a timeout which goes for two and a half minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, just another chance for ads. Yeah, it def- it defeats the, the purpose and, and it defeats the excitement of white like, cricket for mine. Mm. Um, I think that's about that's about all the cover for the BBL. Oh, yeah. Do we have do we have a player to watch or a player of the tournament? My player to watch is going to be the Thunder youngster Oliver. Oli or Oliver Davies. Okay. Um, I will say... I was, I was going to say Josh Phillip. People have put, talked so much about him. I will say Callum Ferguson. Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah. He always seems to go under the radar. Yeah. I think if, if, he, if he fires, the Thunder have got a real chance to make it far in this competition. Hmm. Tyler? And Tyler? Um, I'm not actually too sure, to be honest. There's a lot of good players to watch, but... but some, some from the Canes, someone from your team. Um, obviously, well, if Darcy Short gets going again in that form he had last year, then probably him. Oh, yeah. Caleb Jewell, he's another one. Yeah. Or Jewell, yeah. If, if he gets given the opportunity at top order. Yeah. I suppose Short, Short is another one of those players with a bit of a chip on his shoulder because even though he's been the leading run scorer in the last couple of big, big bashes, he oh, hasn't that's been able to spot. Exactly. He can't get into the national setup. So he might have another point to prove, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that brings up another one, Riley Meredith. Yeah. Highly touted by lots of people, especially Shane. Yeah. Mine, but I don't yeah. think he's quite ready for that. But no, he's too erratic at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think I think not the coming T Twenty World Cup, but the one after should work better. But um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? A T Twenty World Cup in back to back years. It's. I I like seeing more cricket, but I think a World Cup would be slightly more of an occurrence. Something yeah, it's to look like forward to in the future. Yeah. You hold the World Cup for one year. Yeah, like that's not that great. No, I, I think it, I think a lot of it is um, India trying to cap- fully capitalise and on. Oh yeah, it's because they got rid of the Champions Trophy. Yeah, yeah. Although... Which I mean, I can understand getting rid of the Champions Trophy because that was a bit yeah, pointless, it really. It wasn't much of a. But, it wasn't that prestigious. I feel like they just could have had the year without a big notice and tour. Yeah, and I mean, the Test Championship's coming to an end in that year anyway. Mm. There's going to so, be the Test I, Championship I, finals. So. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's more than enough. Like that, that 
I haven't looked at the schedule, but that could actually be contesting or leading up to the T20 World Cup, which isn't something you want to have. Yeah, and with, like, you see the 50-over World Cup, Australia reigning champs for four years, it just feels a bit better than, oh, yeah, we were the T20 World Cup winners for a year. Yeah. just doesn't quite... It takes away from it being a World Cup. Yeah, it, it does. And um, even though, like, it is a bit painful waiting so long for a World Cup and a massive tournament... It makes it, it more enjoyable. Exactly. It's way more yeah. prestigious. Like, who would honestly care about the... Well, it, would the, the Olympics would not be the Olympics if it was held every four months than it was every yeah. four years. So that's... But I, I guess it's, there's a lot to do with the ICC just trying to bring in more revenue, I suppose, mm. which, make, which makes total sense, I guess. But um, end of the day, probably not for mine. Yeah. They say they're trying to broaden the game, but then in a World Cup, they only have 10 teams. Yeah, like, exactly. They've restricted restricted the teams. The, well, the 2015 World Cup when they had, what was it, 12, 14? Yeah. That, that was, was good. That was cool. Saying, oh, bang, was it bang, yeah, Bangladesh knocked out England into the World Cup. How, how awesome is that? <laughs> Whereas now, it's just, it's obvious who's going to be in the top four. Top. Yeah, for sure. It was still a great tournament. But oh, yeah, yeah. I would like 16 teams, groups of eight. Yep, and then I would have a Super Sixer stage like they did in my, yeah. way back in Greatest World Cup of All Time, 1999. Mm. Where you had the points carried forward system. Uh, as confusing as it was, it was bloody awesome. You had Zimbabwe yeah. coming into the... Almost, so close to making the, the semi-final. But um, I, I really liked that system. Yeah. And I think it's something the ICC should look at bringing back. Mm. But again, I'm not sure that they will because so much of their revenue to, relies on... Big countries like India being being in the the finals and bringing in more yep. more money. Agreed. Um, I think we'll end it there, guys. So, thank thank you all very much for listening to the Big Swing No Ding podcast. We'll be back next week, um, just after the start of the BBL and into or just just before the second test between Australia v New Zealand, which as we are all looking forward to that. Absolutely. That's going to be beautiful to see what what, what both teams do. It will be extremely interesting, as we have talked about already. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.